Thanks for coming to our home in Irvine, California for Soul Talks with Bill and Christy Galtier. We're glad to have you and your friends in our growing community of soul shepherds. We love hearing from you by email, social media, and on soulshepherding.org. Today, we're going to answer a question on empathy that one of you have sent us. Even though empathy is not a word in the Bible, it's everywhere in our sacred book and in the Lord's relationship with us. Tender-hearted care is an essential soul nutrient for you and the people you minister to. So today we had a solar eclipse. Yes, that was really different and exciting. I enjoyed it. And I tried to get a peek at it. You're not supposed to do that. It was it was blinding, just oh. even it's kind of glancing between the leaves. You had mentioned that that was the way to do it. But then, then you researched it a little yeah. further. It was like, well, that has, it wasn't actually what that means. Yeah, I learned we were supposed to look at the shadow between of the leaves on the ground. And then we could see it reflected there. That was cool. Well, and I didn't understand that until you actually did it. And so you actually see the shadow of the sun partially eclipsed by the moon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was amazing. It was amazing. All these crescent uh, shadows were coming through. Yeah, I, I was amazed. I never would have thought that could be done. So the sun and the moon came together today and during the day. Yeah, and what's surprising about that is usually I tend to think of, well, the sun's up in the day and the moon's out up in the sky at night. And today, both were up. Not only were both up in the day, but they were both up in the same positions. That was pretty exciting. And so it's like what we're talking about today. We're talking about pleasing God and pleasing people. And usually we think of those as at odds with each other because they really can be. When we're pressured to please people, that can get us off-centered from our devotion to the Lord and honoring Him above all things. But sometimes they go together. That's, I think, what God wants is is ideally for them to go together, to love our neighbor as ourself as we first commandment, love the Lord with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Yeah. So we're going to be talking about the pressure to please. And we're so thankful for you, our listeners, joining in with us. And we love it when you communicate with us. And we've been answering a number of questions that you've been sending to us. And sometimes we hear from you and you'll say, well, I'm not a pastor, but I really appreciate your ministry. And we want you to know that uh, we want you in our ministry. Yeah, we are connecting know. with all kinds of people. Yes, we specialize in helping church pastors and leaders like that, but we reach all sorts of people who are small group leaders and parents and uh, soul friends and sponsors and Christians in business, and all different kinds of spokespersons for Christ who seek to care for others in Jesus' name. We're really pleased to have all of you in our community here at Soul Talks. Today, we're responding to one of your questions. So we received this from a pastor who said, Bill and Christy, I'm taking you up on your invitation in a recent podcast to share any subjects we're interested in. As a covering codependent, I'm learning to be a God pleaser instead of a people pleaser. I'd love to hear you have a soul talk together about this. Paul speaks in Romans fourteen eighteen about pleasing God and having human approval. How do you understand this? And how do you think of maintaining healthy boundaries in this? Yeah, Paul says in Romans fourteen eighteen because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and receives human approval. That's the context with 
unclean food and whether or not it's okay to eat that or not and being sensitive to the conscience of the person that we're around so that we don't cause them to stumble. So, yeah, he's teaching us about in the context of pleasing the Lord, we want to be considerate of other people and and what's really going to help them, particularly in their relationship with God. Yeah, such a good question. I I really appreciated this question. I just have empathy for this worship pastor. I mean, we all have areas where we're tempted to please people, but I'm just thinking, putting myself in a position of being a worship pastor at a church, I would feel incredible temptation to please the people in my congregation, knowing that uh, on the one, one temptation would be knowing they're paying my salary, you know, let alone that I just out of a heart of love for God and my neighbor, I would want them to be happy. I'd want to serve them well. I would want to help them worship the Lord. And so I could see there'd be a real temptation to want to please them. And and I know that worship pastors have told us that people are very quick to communicate their preferences and what they want, you know, in the way of worship and what helps them worship. That's so, putting it nicely. They, they, yeah. <laughs> we in the church audience can be critical. Mm-hmm. It's difficult for a worship pastor. They're artists. They're yeah. creative. The men and women who are on stage singing and playing songs and teaching us how to praise the Lord and how to worship Him with our lives is very vulnerable. They're really giving of their heart and their soul, and they're adoring and loving God mm-hmm. uh, on our behalf and inspiring us to join them. And so, yeah, when they're getting criticisms about the way they're doing the worship, that's not the, the style that this group wants and then the other group wants it different. And, you know, we got yeah. hymns, we got praise songs, we got fast and slow and loud and soft and drums or no yeah. drums. And yeah. it's <laughs> really difficult. It is. And I would, I could imagine myself feeling really distracted as I'm leading worship. I would want to be focused on worshiping God myself, but I could imagine myself seeing people in the audience and seeing them not singing or not truly worshiping and maybe feeling a pressure to to change it up or to please mm-hmm. or to, you know, and we've got an article on our website that I wrote about my temptation to orbit mm-hmm. around other people. It's, it's, it's my little testimonial about struggling with people pleasing. Mm-hmm. So I really feel for him. And this is a real issue for us. Yeah. It, speakers, preachers, teachers, small group leaders, we're in this situation where we've got people that are responding to us and if they're not responding with appreciation, it can be disorienting, and it, it tests our security and our confidence in the Lord. It really does. I think about some things that are helping me with this, because I'm really intentionally trying to grow in this area to be more focused on and controlled by my desire to please God and less by my desire to please people. So one of the mm-hmm. things that's helping me with that is after I've been in a situation with people, to reflect and say, okay, did I fall into people-pleasing there? And where did I? And to process that with you. And you and I have done that, and, and that's been really helpful. To It's helpful to have somebody else to talk that through and to be able to confess when I do fall into that. And then knowing when I'm going into a situation where I'm going to feel that temptation, to watch and pray in advance of that. Yeah, that watch and pray in advance is a significant spiritual discipline there, preparing for a situation when you know that you're going to be tempted to please people and to anticipate that in prayer and find strength in the Lord, envisioning yourself in the situation and beholding the smile of Jesus. That's right. And one of the things that also I think helps me resist 
pleasing people, if I'm going into a situation where I, I think I'll be tempted in that, is to really make sure that I am hearing from the Lord a sense of what I think he is asking me to do, mm-hmm. that I have some sense from him of what it does mean to please him. Yeah, I think when you're talking about people-pleasing, you're, you're talking about losing your, your center in, in Christ mm-hmm. and losing your sense of purpose and direction as to what God has asked you to do, what he's gifted you to do, and then you start playing to the crowd, anticipating, sensing what they seem to want from you, what's going to make them happy. But if it's not what they need and what God has prepared you to do, then you wouldn't want to go that people-pleasing route. Right. That's helpful, honey. I'm thinking about a a ministry experience I had where I was really feeling the tension of this. We had, you know, someone who brought us in, like often is done to do a retreat, to lead a a retreat. And really, we had prayed and prepared and really felt like this is what God would have us to bring, this group. Yeah, we had a lot of conversations with that leader to prepare together with the topic and, and prayed with him and so forth. And really thought we had a, an agreement and understanding mm-hmm. from the Lord what we were going to bring. And then as we were bringing it, I was reading his body language and feeling like he was not pleased <laughs> with what we were bringing. The people were responding mm-hmm. to what we were bringing very well, but he wasn't. And I just really felt a lot of temptation to want to change what I was bringing to please him. Yeah, that's, I remember too, and I felt the same way. It's it, a great stress. It was that time when I remember thinking, wow, Bill, you're right. When you said Jesus was really smart to send the disciples out two by two, because I was feeling that. I was like, oh, I'm so glad you're with me in this, because I needed you to be able to process and say, are you experiencing what I'm experiencing? Yeah. Because I was feeling doubt. I was starting to feel doubt about what we were bringing. And I was starting to think, oh, no, do we not hear God? And should we change what we planned? And it really was hard. And I was feeling the anxiety in my body mm-hmm. in seeing the way that he was not being pleased with what we were bringing. Yeah, it was very insecure for us, for sure. And, yeah. and scary because, you know, we want to do a good job. We mm-hmm. want to be helpful to the, the people to retreat and we're bringing a service and this leader yeah. is key in that. And so we, we certainly want to serve him as unto the Lord. Yeah. And we really believe that we were. But and, uh, and we genuinely have love and respect for him. Yeah. He never did say anything no. to us, but <laughs> the nonverbals were so, so strong w- with h- him being disgruntled and disapproving. That it, it really threw us off. It did. And so being together in that and being able to process through what we were feeling so that I wasn't controlled by that anxiety or trying to repress it, which would have been worse. And then also getting time alone with the Lord to just ask the Lord, did I hear you right? Mm. Or should I change this? Is there something that he knows that I need to listen to and pay attention to that I need to adjust? Because we're always wanting to move in step with God's spirit, not be rigid. Yeah, so really wrestling that through in prayer Mm -hmm. and discerning. And so if I really sense, if God's helped me to really see what it means to please him, then I can push through that anxiety and what feels like opposition and stay true to what I feel like is pleasing God, even if it's not pleasing people. Right. And in my prayer and reflection on this, I sense the Lord just say, you know, stay the course. If this leader has some feedback for us, he can give it to us. But based on the conversation we had before, we were on target and we couldn't really be sure what his nonverbals were about. He might have been feeling sick to his stomach or 
frustrated about something in his personal life or who knows what was going on with him. But in the end, I think because we, we were getting good feedback from the, the people that we were doing the retreat with, and so that was helpful. In the end, we decided, well, this was really mostly about a spiritual test mm-hmm. for you and I, yes. and really a situation of spiritual warfare, and a great temptation towards self-criticism and getting imbalanced in our trust in the Lord and our confidence being in Him, His presence with us, and the things that He's saying and doing, not only through our words, but just in the room there and in, in people's lives and being uh, clear on his call on our life and s- staying true to soul shepherding and our ministry and, and so forth. So in one sense, it's really an important experience for every leader to have and to learn how to negotiate this, being that w- when we're in a situation and we're ministering to people and some people aren't appreciating what we're doing, mm-hmm. and can we continue to do our best to love God and, and love the people around us and not get just totally submerged in self-doubt and embarrassment and insecurity and self-condemnation even. That's a really big deal. It is. I, I, God's still growing me in this, Bill. I remember we were speaking in a Bible church, and this church had a pretty strong policy about that women are not to teach co-ed groups. And so in this class that we were doing, it was a series of classes, I wasn't doing any teaching. And you felt like the people were missing out and that you really wanted me to, to teach with you the mm-hmm. next class. And I was really nervous about that because I knew it wouldn't be pleasing to the, you know, some of the people in the room. And I had been working to not hide, which is easy for me to kind of do, and to putting more, more venturing on God and sharing the gifts he's given me. And so I was um, working hard to not be controlled by wanting to please these people. And to get up and speak. And sure sure enough, you know, as soon as I did, a man walked out of the room. And I remember my heart pounding. And I remember feeling the anxiety of that. Of, I, you know, I'm, I'm not pleasing them here because I'm, you know, I'm doing this. But it, it was a good training for me to say, well, you know, am I willing to follow my convictions and what I feel like God's asking me to do and obey him, even if the consequences scare me? Mm-hmm. And Paul, I mean, we see, look how he did this to the extent of actually being killed. He didn't play to the government leaders of his day. He didn't please them. He pleased God to death. Yeah, he became a martyr for Christ. Uh, Apostle Paul was uh, just uh, the most brilliant teacher and pastor and leader. We're so grateful for him. But he had challenges with temptations to please people, and he writes about that in his letters to the Corinthians and the Galatians, and he was under a lot of criticism and opposition many times and tempted to do whatever it would take to avoid conflict and, and please people. But he, he took courage in the Lord, and he came to people, he tells us, and, and we see this, he came in weakness and in trembling, he came in vulnerability and brokenness, mm-hmm. he came confessing his sin, he came in situations where he was persecuted and insulted and abused. And people saw that, and they saw that what came out of him was was love for his enemies and blessings for people and blessings upon the ministry of other pastors and leaders like Apollos. He he wasn't going to compete. He stayed humble in the Lord. And so the greatness of Paul was his reliance upon the Spirit of Christ rather than his intellect, rather than the the forcefulness of his personality or his rights as a a church planter. He didn't assert those things to, to power and get his way with people. 
He trusted in the spirit of grace and truth upon him as he spoke, as he wrote, as he discipled people. And so he was known as a a man who had the anointing of the Holy Spirit on him and in a great power that affected people's lives and brought tremendous transformation. So many people coming to Christ and churches being planted. You know, Bill, you're coming alongside of pastors most days that aren't pleasing somebody in their church. And you're coming alongside of them to help them stay focused on pleasing God. Yes, and sometimes that brings me into situations of conflict between Mm -hmm. church leaders, whether it's pastors or elders, and different situations. And that might mean just in the course of my relationship with that pastor or that leader, conversations with empathy and support and guiding them through a difficult situation. Sometimes it means getting involved in mediation and facilitating conversation between leaders or in a group situation. And so it's more stressful and it's not, it's not an easy thing for me. Well, because you feel probably, I would imagine, a desire to please both parties. Well, I do. And I don't like conflict. Mm-hmm. So for me to be one-on-one with somebody who's hurting is something I'm very trained and experienced at doing and very comfortable being in that role. But to get in the middle of a conflict There's a reason why Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons and daughters of the Lord. Because while it's certainly a a very important ministry to bring peace, it's not a a natural blessing to be a peacemaker. To step into Mm -hmm. a conflict, you get crossfire, you get hit. And it is not a a pleasant place to be. It's, It's a trial. It's very stressful. So what helps you to not give in to pleasing the one that has the most power to hurt you or the one that has the most power to bless you or to win the argument or or what helps you to stay focused on pleasing God and not people? Well, I used to not be able to do it because around a strong personality, I would lose touch with my thoughts, my values, my opinions, my feelings, and I would just kind of merge with that person because I'm I'm listening and empathizing and that's what I'm trained to do. And that's even my family. I played that role. So it's difficult for me to disagree and to step into a conflict. Some people, you know, some of you who are listening, you're good at asserting yourself and speaking the truth and disagreeing. But a lot of us, especially who are in care ministry mm-hmm. positions, the tenderhearted amongst us, we have more difficulty with that. So I've had to learn how to do this. I've had to learn how to take a hold of the hand of Jesus with me and to do some deep breathing sometimes and just to stay centered and grounded in, in the love of the Lord and to to speak the truth and speak the truth in love and to be able to disagree. And I have to find my source of security outside of that relationship. Mm-hmm. And see, that's the thing. Mm-hmm. If there's this internal need to please this this authority figure or this person of power or this this person that we really want to like us or to be impressed with us. If we've got some need for that, we're bringing some deep child part of us into that relationship, then we're going to be in trouble. We're going to have difficulty having a boundary and we're going to have difficulty following the Lord clearly in that situation. And that, that's where pleasing people really does conflict with honoring the Lord. Because he's the Lord, he's our master, and he's the one for us to be attending to and serving. So we need to be able to say no to these people, but to do that, we have to have a source of sustenance and nurture and affirmation outside of that 
tense relationship. So if you're the worship pastor leading worship to the congregation, you need affirmation somewhere beyond the congregation from a mentor or a soul friend, someone that knows the good and the bad in you and brings compassion, brings acceptance, brings the sense of respect that you need. Yes. And I I want to encourage you and give you hope, all of our listeners, that this is possible to grow in this area because I've been experiencing more and more growth in this and I've seen you experience more growth in this, Bill. And one of the other things I've seen that helps you is you do study the scriptures, the scriptures that talk about pleasing God and not men. And that's a big part of you being able to stay focused on that too. Well, and studying things like how Jesus set boundaries Mm -hmm. is one of the most popular articles on our Soul Shepherding website is Jesus Set Boundaries. And it's a very fascinating Bible study to look at the way that Jesus often did not please people. There were people who wanted things from him, including food and healing and miracles or to stay in their city. And he said no, because he had different marching orders. He always, of course, did it in love and he was always considerate of people, but he didn't let himself be obligated to make people happy. He did what he could do to meet people's needs, but he took consideration of all the people that needed his ministry and divided up the pie. And in all of that, he's he's seeking, of course, the counsel that the Father in heaven has and sees, and he's uh, obeying that. So yeah, I just, I want to thank you, honey, for your courage. So in this example you talked about a few minutes ago at that Bible churches that we've spoken at, and we are so thankful for churches like that, that are conservative and have a great a sense of tradition and respect in the Word of God, and we're thankful for other churches that are more community-oriented, more uh, focused on care ministry and recovery, perhaps, more open to uh, spiritual formation and psychology. And so there's all different kinds of churches that we bring soul shepherding to, but in this context, the pastor wanted us to speak, so we had permission to speak there together, so there was a a sense of appropriateness about you being there teaching with me. And it's just that we know that there was a minority contingent of folks in, in the church that were very old school and had very literalistic, hard interpretation of some scriptures that boxed you out of being in a position of speaking with me in this class. And so that played into your temptations towards hiding, as you're saying, or being insecure. But you braved that situation with the Lord and uh, with encouragement, and you proceeded. And so the one guy walked out, but the other 30 were so thankful for you and for your story and your wisdom and, and your heart that you shared and did so much for all the women there in the audience. And ultimately, that led to me writing an article after quite a bit of research that's on our Soul Shepherding website, Women as Pastors and Elders in Bible-Based Churches. And that's a very important article that's getting a conversation going. And in some of the these conservative churches that we love, they're revisiting this issue. And the the two or three controversial scriptures, doing some more careful study into that in the cultural context and and the whole wisdom of God's word to see the value and the importance of women as teachers and leaders in our churches. Well, thank you, Bill. I've appreciated your encouragement and support in that as well. I'd like to pray as we end our conversation today. Thank you. Jesus, we thank you that you set such a great example for us in this issue, that you're the one that said, I only do what the Father tells me to do. We want, Lord, to learn from you how to please you in all that we do. We we love the opportunities when the sweet spot comes that pleasing people is pleasing to you. 
But Lord, we know there are times when you would call us to say no to people in order to be obedient and to say yes to you. Give us wisdom. Give us strength. Give us grace. Encourage, Lord. Courage to be aware and honest when we feel that temptation. Courage to call out to you and look to you and be willing to to suffer and to sacrifice what other people think about us and reputation and other consequences in being true to please you and trust them and their disappointment or even their anger to you, Lord. Thank you that you are growing us to be more and more loving and more and more like you, Jesus. are delighted to have you following the Lord Jesus with us. He is our true soul shepherd and the source of empathy. Thanks for sharing Soul Talks with your friends. In just the last two months, our community has grown by 50%. It's easy to use the share button on your podcast app or iTunes or email a podcast link from our website, soulshepherding.org. Also, we hope you're receiving our weekly devotional emails and sharing those. They're free and you can sign up at soulshepherding.org. 